This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 46 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we're focusing on puppies. We have Karen Quinlan from All Things Possible, a dog trainer talking about puppy training techniques and ways to raise puppies. In Critter Nutrition, we talk about camelina oil for, for dogs. Hedwig weighs in on proper puppy training. And in Tigapedia, we discuss what kinds of best puppy treats there are to feed your puppy. And in Coffee Clatch, we go over some do's and don'ts of puppy raising with a sense of humor. So guess where I am right now? You're in a hotel. You're in at the uh, La Quinta. Nope. You're Red Roof Inn. I'm at a dive. You're at the Red oh, Roof Inn. Are you? No, not as bad. No, uh, one grade above the Red Roof Inn. Um, Holiday Inn Express. No, no Howard Johnson's. Good. Oh, there's still I a Howard, Howard Johnson in Johnson. I love me a Hojo. I used to love Howard Johnson's, but I have to say. This is not. It's seen better days. I mean, yeah. it's very clean. It's got a refrigerator. and. Um, Did you eat? No, I haven't eaten since yesterday. No wonder you're grumpy. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid for somebody who does food for a living. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Well, you know, it's like this. Uh, One reason that I booked Howard Johnson's rather than the Hilton where I normally stay is that they said, oh, they have a restaurant. I went, well, that's awesome. I can come in and have, you know, eggs for dinner would be great for a vegetarian. Okay, well, they uh, they only offer uh, freeze-dried clams. <laughs> oh, gross. It's um, a gross restaurant is what it is. Freeze-dried clams? Is that really a thing? No, it's not freeze-dried. What are they? Oh. Uh, uh, they're coated and fried. Deep-fried. Batter-fried. No, you don't need And um, hamburgers and um, uh, sundaes. And there's really nothing over there next to the Hojo's to go no. to. No. There's nothing over there. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. So fortunately, I did pack some cheese. So when we're done, I will take the cheese out of my um, pack and have some cheese and I guess that'll be it. And chocolate. <laughs> should, should, I, should I have some uh, good quality Chinese delivered to you, maybe? No Chinese, thank you. Why not? Cheese, chocolate, and Chinese. All right. I'm delighted to have my friend and a, a trainer that I really admire, Karen Quinlan. She's been on our show. Welcome, Karen. She's my go-to Thank person you. with dogs. <laughs> and all my dogs have been to her uh, for various classes. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of her her training techniques and positive reinforcement. And even though I'm a horse person with many years of horses under my belt. Every time I take a, a new class, I learn something. And even when I have this new puppy and I want to get right back into Karen's classes, even though I've taken them with almost every single puppy, Australian 
shepherd puppy I've had, I always learn something new. So um, even if you've been to a puppy class with one dog, don't hesitate to to go back to a puppy class with a new puppy. Um, well, absolutely. And, and you know, if, if you're a good trainer, you're always learning something new, which is why I'm always bringing something new to the class. For the second I think I know it all, I might as well retire. Very good point. That it's sort of like horses. So, mm-hmm. if 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 you're looking for a puppy, what what kind of tips do you have for people who are, you know, thinking of going to a breeder or going to a shelter, um, and getting a puppy? Okay. Well, I think the first thing you need to con- take into consideration is your lifestyle. You know, if you see a well trained Aussie, it doesn't mean you should go get one. <laughs> That's an <laughs> excellent point. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> because that well-trained Aussie is getting their needs met. Same thing. Just because you want to put a chihuahua in your purse doesn't mean you should get one. Uh, so you really have to know what it is you want from the family dog. And my experience is most people really just want a lazy dog. That's, I hate to say that, but most people do. So if you right. want a family yep. pet, Yeah you need to research your breeds and you're going to want a low energy breed. Consequently, if you want to do agility and you want to do all of that, fine, look for the Aussie, the border collie, but you better be working them. You've got to be working them or they'll end up in rescue. And there's a lot of dogs in rescue. So first and foremost, research your breed. If you're going to a shelter you know, it's a Heinz 57. Like, it'll never be what they tell you it is. So that's when you would move. <laughs> um, that's when you would move into more of what you're looking for. Now, starting with breeders. If you are looking for a breeder, you want to make sure they have history on every dog they've ever bred. Every generation, if it goes back 15, you want to know everything about all of them. Number two, if you cannot see both parents, If there's a reason they're hiding them, you probably don't want the puppy. Number three, if you go where they are breeding several different breeds, you probably want to walk away. You want to look for somebody who, and ideally has those puppies in the house too. If you go to a kennel and there's 50 million puppies, you're going to end up with things like dirty puppy syndrome where they eat poop or they poop and pee wherever because they're desensitized to it. Uh, you want a health guarantee from this breeder. You want a guarantee if for whatever reasons throughout the lifetime of that puppy, it doesn't work. They will take them back. No questions asked. Um, these are the kind of things that a lot of people don't think of. I've seen people get German shepherd puppies who become very aggressive and the breeder wants nothing to do with them. And they're stuck with this dog who ultimately will be euthanized. And, And that happens more than people would like to think. Number three, never, ever get a puppy shipped to you because you know nothing about that puppy and they're probably out of the Midwest in the puppy mill and you don't buy them from pet shops. Uh, if you see a, a dog that you really like, talk to that person. Where did you get this dog? How, you know, find out information. I still think shopping local is a good idea if you're looking for a puppy, you know, know who they are. Find out from other people who have these puppies. What are these puppies about? When also a good breeder will ask you what your family is like. And they may have eight puppies uh, of the same breed, but eight, eight very different personalities. 
and they can help match what personality suits what you're looking for. Uh, You know, I think that a lot of people who go and see a litter of puppies always feel sorry for the one who's sitting back in the corner. If you have kids in a family, you don't get the puppy that's sitting back in the corner. (laughs) They don't want to be a part of things, nor do you necessarily want the one that comes charging at you, biting on your fingers and carrying on, (laughs) you you know, unless you're high driven and you want, you know, a a puppy with high energy because we're going to work that puppy again. That's not most people. So you want the kind of dog that you go up and you pet them and they, they kiss on you and then they go away and they go play and maybe then they come back. So you don't want obsessive or uh, the the one sitting the wallflower, which is sad. Somebody's got to take the wallflower, and that's why trainers have so many dogs. But (laughs) (laughs) not it's not what you want for your family. So again, know what you're getting. Also, you might want to question the breeder if the if you have a breeder who who still thinks it's okay to flip a puppy on their back and pin them until they stop biting you, you probably don't want that puppy because that puppy is going to have major issues. Ideally, uh, and I, and I always tell people when they say, Oh, if you, you know, if they turn their belly up, they're submitting to you. So I teach them how to roll over and I scratch their belly. I can get any dog on the face of the plant to go belly up <laughs> because they're like, Hey, this is a good idea versus forcing them. So you want to watch out for that kind of thing. You want to, you know, stay away from somebody who's got a barn out in, you know, nowhere, Pennsylvania, <laughs> you know, where those puppies have never seen anything but other puppies and maybe yeah. the person who feeds them. Mm. So, you know, again, just going back to really know who your breeder is. And ideally, you know, it's it's somebody who's got grandkids or kids coming in and the puppies are seeing kids and they're seeing everything and they're playing and, you know, um, just being normal puppies. What, yeah. what are some good breeds for people who don't want a high-energy dog but want a good family dog with kids and, yeah. you know, maybe they've got some horses, but they're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, be doing agility or working? Right. Well, you know, I think I always think a, a well-bred lab is a good family dog. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're around horses and stuff. You know, but unfortunately right now there's a lot of not well-bred labs. So you have to be very, very careful. I always tell people, if you want one, go find the, the puppies that uh, flunked out of service dogs. <laughs> so see about ah. They're bred very well. And it may be like, maybe they don't like cats. Okay. So they couldn't, you know, or, or it's usually something very benign that they're, they're giving up. Uh, or, you know, again, research a breeder who's been breeding for years and years and years and has a really good line. Um, you know, the last lab I saw that was shipped out of the Midwest was one of the craziest dogs I've ever seen in my life. And as soon as she showed him to me, it scared me. I thought this puppy, you know, and she didn't know what she was doing. And the puppy just never was right. You know, oh, um, it's, it's, it's sad. So don't, again, don't get them shipped. Uh, labs, if, if you like small dogs, I think that, um, Shih Tzus are great little dogs for families and they're lazy. And they typically like kids, um, you know. Uh, I, How about I, Frenchies? I found, what? Pardon me. How about Frenchies? French bulldogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would never have one, but <laughs> that's me. <laughs> okay, is it, but you wouldn't have one because of the way they look or because of their breathing. Oh, I think they're adorable, but they are—they can be an extremely difficult dog, and many of them are actually very dog aggressive. 
Um, really? And they, oh yeah, yeah. Every French bulldog we've ever had come in. No, I shouldn't say that. We have one who's about eight who can still come to daycare. Most of them get thrown out by the time they're eight months old. Because they're, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Doggy daycare flunkies. That is they so are, they, yes. They're definitely. So if you want a dog that you think you're going to take everywhere and socialize and, go, and you don't want a French bulldog, if you know, maybe you're a single person and you have an apartment and you like to take walks and hikes, then that might be a good dog for you. So I, you know, personal again, I'm coming, I wouldn't have one because of my lifestyle. I always have more than one dog. I don't want to make sure my French bulldog's not beating up my dogs. So knowing that about them, that they can be bullheaded, they can be tough. You know, they can also be very, very smart, which is a big problem because your smartest dog is your is your most difficult dog. Mm. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, and I can't say, I mean, I know some people who have their French bulldogs and they love them, you know, but it's usually a couple, you know, they don't have kids. They don't have, um, I actually am just working right now with a little 10 week old French bulldog puppy about the size of a stuffed toy. And they called me because he's beating up their English bulldog. <laughs> he won't leave him alone. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And they're afraid that they're going to kill the puppy. I'm like, well, yeah, he might, because she's being really obnoxious. Uh, you know, so uh, we're, we're taking care of it, though. We're, we're getting better with that. So Frenchies, Frenchies, maybe not for everybody. But then again, no dog is for everybody. Right. Um, so I, I actually like hounds and beagles. I think they make fantastic family dogs. And the th- funny thing about hounds and beagles they're kind of hyper when they're young, but they love to be couch potatoes. So yes. if you want a couch potato, you know, what you need to understand about them, though, is you're probably not going hiking off leash with them. Right. Not a big deal. Or you may never you see know. them again. Yeah. You, you can, but. Exactly. Exactly. But I find that they do really well on leash walks. You know, they follow their nose or you get a long line and, and you know, so I, I think they've made very, and they usually do really well in daycare because they're used to other dogs. Um, let's see what else. I, I love the Swiss mountain dogs. Mm-hmm. I think they make great family dogs. Again, you don't get a Swiss mountain dog puppy. If you have a two-year-old because the Swiss mountain puppy is going to be 150 pounds <laughs> knocking over the two-year-old. <laughs> so it's just those kind of things that, that people have to keep in mind. What is my, are you planning on having babies? You know, a lot of people don't think that when they get a puppy, Oh, I'm going to have babies. Well, Maybe this dog's not suitable for a baby. So really knowing your family. Um, what else do I like? I like the setters. I like English setters. Mm-hmm. I like Irish setters. They're not the brightest, you know, since they started getting bred to have uh, elongated heads. They lost half their brain with that, as did the collie. This is true. This is not, I'm not just saying they, their brains were shrunk, so they're not very smart anymore. Um but they're nice. They're loving, sweet, you know, high energy, but usually very gentle. Um, of course, I love Aussies. I love Border Collies. But again, even I don't have one yet because I know I'm going to need a lot of time when I get one. Um, you know, so let's see. What else? How about I? like Golden I mean, Retrievers? You know, it's, the Golden Retrievers are right up there with Labs. You could get a really good one or you can get mm-hmm. a really bad one. I've seen yeah, a lot of aggression in golden retrievers. Yeah. 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 Somewhere along the line, some aggression got bred in. 
And I have seen, you know, people get bit trying to take tissues from them. I've seen a lot of things. And people are like a golden retriever. Years ago, when I first opened, the worst bite we had in daycare was by a golden retriever. Wow. And nobody believed me. Yeah, nobody believed me. Um, So, yeah. And and it was funny because my dog, Sawyer, didn't like this dog. And he'd been coming. And I thought I told Sawyer he was a jerk. I made him leave the playroom. (laughs) And he was right. He knew that this dog (laughs) had a weird thing going on, and he did. He did a very bad bite on a dog who just tried to hump him, you know, and that's not that big a deal. Dogs will hump. You can't kill them. Um, So anyway, I digress. um, (laughs) (laughs) Going down memory lane here. Um, So... uh, you know, what used to be, well, you saw in the 70s with Cocker Spaniels. Cocker Spaniels were yeah. the best family dog ever. We had one. And once something becomes popular, popular. Yeah. and then they became crazy, crazy resource guarders. They were the worst biters ever, the, the Cocker Spaniels. I think we're starting to see, you know, some of that change. I've seen some good ones, some not so good ones. I love the Boykin Spaniels. They're cute. They are cute smart, gentle. I have one in my class right now, which is why he just came to mind. Everyone that I've worked with has been phenomenal. And there, there's not that many of them, which is why they're so fantastic. A lot of people don't even know what they are. I'm a little bit nervous because I'm seeing more of them, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know how that goes. Yeah. But for now, I think that's a really good breed for a family. The Boykin Spaniels, if you're looking for breeds, um, you know, I've had some of my best success with mutts. Yeah. Personally, mm. you know, um, my Rottweiler hound, you know, Dana, you've heard me talk about her, my best dog ever on the face of the planet, Pokey, God knows what he is, um, will do anything for me, anything on the face of the planet. Yep. Um, so, you know, I've had a little bit of both. So I would never rule out a mixed breed. Um, you know, if ideally you can get them as puppies. If not, there's some great ones at the shelter, you know. Or an older dog. I know we're talking puppies, but I'll tell you what. I learned, go get the old dog. (laughs) (laughs) They'll just hang out with you and happy to have a couch and some food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of, you know, bringing a puppy into your house, what would be your top three or four, you know, tips for starting your life with a puppy? Well, you know, it's very interesting, as oftentimes happens to me. I, you know, think back to what I did. And, and, you know, lately people have been saying, I can't sleep. This puppy keeps me up all night. So for the past probably two or three years, I've said, well, put them in your bed. And they look at me like, what? Put them in your bed. And they do. And they call me the next day and they say, thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. The puppy slept all night. They didn't get up to pee. We had no, well, lo and behold, don't you know, some great trainer just put this out in an article. I was so mad. (laughs) (laughs) This happens to me every time. So, you know, I do recommend that if, if, you know, and there are some people who don't want their dogs in their bed. I get that. The worst thing that people can do though, and I see this happen all the time, they buy a crate, they put the puppy in the basement, they sleep on the third floor. God, and they yeah. wonder why they have separation anxiety. Oh, yeah. So at the very least, at the very least, at least put the crate in the room where you can drop your hand over and let them smell it and yes. that kind of thing. At exactly. Night, you yep. know, but do not, do not abandon them because they're whining and you don't want to hear it because you will create so many issues. 
the other thing, and it's only a matter of time before somebody comes out famous and says this, but I have been saying for a long time, not every dog can and should be crated. I think crates yep, are issues as they have solved. Yeah. And people are bound to determine. So it says you have to crate them. And nope. then the dog is chewing and ruining their yep. mouth. And, and, you know, then you, then you can't put them in anywhere because they get this true phobia. Yep. So again, it was one of these great ideas. Well, wolves used to go in dens. Let's put our dogs in crates. Come on. I mean, did you ever crate a dog growing up, Tigger? Ever? Never. Ever. Never. Nope. No, we had little puppy boxes and then they, they flopped out of them and that was that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so so many times people jump on the bandwagon of what's popular. And personally, I think this is why we're seeing so many behavioral problems. Mm, we have not allowed them to be dogs. Yep. You know? Um, and, and so if you want to get a crate, fine, get a crate. Maybe think about leaving the crate open or, uh-huh. you know, I'm a huge fan of the X pens. I think the X pens. I love nice the X pens. Yeah. Yeah. That you can put their toys, their blankets, the PC pads. So at least yep. they're learning to at least go on that. Um, and, and they have space and we're not locking them away. Yeah. In a den. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing they forgot too is the dens also had their whole family in there with them. Exactly. Right. You can't just take them from everything. Yeah. And just Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that uh, you know, obviously keep you know, uh, the other thing people don't realize with puppies is if you have a baby, you're going to baby proof that house when you have a puppy. Guess what? If you don't want your shoes to, don't leave them out. It's as simple as that. You know, it, it sometimes people make it so much more. And I've had people call me. How do I get them to stop chewing my shoes? Put them in the closet. How do I get them to stop drinking out of the toilet? Close the lid. You know, there's just, it's so much of it is common, common sense. Yeah. Yeah. How do I get them not to be in the garbage? Put baby locks on. That's what I did. Because my Dana could open up a refrigerator. She could open up anything. I had to put baby locks on it. End of that. So it's puppy-proof this house. Make yeah. sure they have things. And most importantly, make sure they have things to chew on. And what I mean by that is a lot of people all say, well, what does your dog have to sh- chew on? And they show me a whole box full of toys. <laughs> like, well, no. That's not exactly what I meant. Raw bones, bully sticks, chicken feet, real food items. No nylon bones, anything in raw heights. Don't need any of that. Good. How do you like bully sticks? I love bully sticks. Not personally, but my dogs do. Um, (laughs) Thank you for that clarification. We appreciate it. I was so wondering. Um, I think bully sticks are fine. Again, you know, and this is more than people may want to know. I want to know where my bully stick is coming from. Uh I don't want a factory farm animal. Um, So there's that. Uh, You know, the raw beef bones, I think, are fantastic. Ribs, chicken necks. Yep. Chicken, um, turkey necks, fantastic chews. Of course, now we're heading into the raw diet and just yeah. tell people to reach search that for themselves. But, um, clearly, I'm a fan of that. But for, for a minimum, you know, and, and also, you know, if we're looking at this, you do need to pay attention to your food. And let me tell you a little something about most breeders. Purina, all the ones you probably don't want to feed your dog, guess what they do? They find the breeders and they give it to them to feed their puppies. So what yep. does the breeder do? hands a bag and says, this is what they eat, that you can't change it. The shelters do that, and they hand a bag of science diet and say you can't change yep. the diet. Well, you better change it right away because those are horrific foods. Uh, so, you know, doing your research, 
can you afford this dog? So you need to understand the expense of a dog and can you afford a puppy? And included in that is a high quality diet. Um, the right shoes. You know, there are so many things out there that are toxic to your puppy. You have to know that because you may end up with health issues you don't want, hot spots, itching, ear infections, inflammation, yeast, all of this. I see it over and over and over again. So it's so much more is involved than just getting the cute puppy, you know, especially if you want this puppy to last 15 years, which all dogs should actually live to 15, even 20. They're not now. And a lot of that has to do with nutrition and other things, which I won't go into. But, um, you know, doing your research, making sure you're getting this puppy started off the best way so that he's happy, healthy, she's happy, healthy, their needs are met. Dogs, puppies whose needs are met are not going to become destructive and chew your furniture and jump on your, your children and bite them and because you're providing what they need versus, you know, in terms of chewing, training, and you've got to train your puppy, right, Tigger? There's, you know, no, there's just no, there's no getting out of that. There really no, isn't. No. Um, you know, obviously, and, and you know, I, who's ever listening to this probably is an animal lover anyway, and maybe I'm preaching to the choir, but you know, don't chain them out in the backyard with a doghouse. You know, just these kind of things. Or don't chain them at all. And number one lesson I want to teach everybody, when you get that puppy, you do not encourage them to go visit every dog they see on leash at all. You want to teach your puppy right away. If we're on leash, we're walking by. Teach your puppy. If the leash comes off, you have permission to go play. Uh, because I'll tell you the number one issue I work on privately is leash aggression. Oh, wow. And it stems from, it stems from a misunderstanding of what socialization was meant to be. Socialization doesn't mean letting your puppy run up to see every dog or every dog coming up to see your puppy. That's terrifying if you think about it. Uh, and they learn very quickly. They, they're either going to get hurt or scared. Or if you've got the crazy lab, thinks every time they see a dog, they have to run and go jump on it, you know, because they were allowed to as puppies. Um, and so you really teach your puppy uh, to just walk by all of this. You're the best thing going on. Find appropriate, uh, stay out of the dog park. Just don't even go there. Um, but find appropriate friends, their size, you know, same play style. The worst thing I, you know, I, I see things like I see a little white fluffy dog running to the dog park with the Rottweilers and, and the hound dogs chasing it and just right. wanting to have a heart attack. Um, so safety, but teaching and socialization also doesn't mean that every person walking up has to stop and, and touch your puppy. Because what are puppies, particularly, let's look at Goldens and Lambs, who grow up to be very big dogs, or even the Swiss Mountain Dogs we were talking about, the Burners. And, um, you know, everybody wants to touch a puppy. And so what do puppies do? They jump up, they lick your face, look like, look like everybody thinks it's cute. <laughs> and they turn into an 80-pound dog, jumping up, licking faces, and everybody hates them now. You know, and that's what I guarantee you in class, I'm going to have at least four people say, I want them to stop jumping on people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we start that. And again, if you ever watch the service dogs out there being trained, the puppies, watch them sometime because they will. Those trainers will. They are evil if you try to touch their puppy. Not that I have yep. ever done it, but yep. they get yep. really mad because they don't want. And these puppies are wonderful. 
You know, they can go anywhere, do anything because they've been taught, hey, you stay with me. Yeah. It's all good. So that's an important one. Well, this has been great, Karen, and I can't wait for you to meet the newest member of my tribe. <laughs> I can't either. I am so excited. <laughs> so, so get your um, so get that puppy class going in October. I'm sitting because down with Jennifer tomorrow, and we're going to make the schedule for the. October I, I told puppy Jennifer, class. get me on the list because you're already on it. We okay. got you. <laughs> okay, great. Because Wookie Wookie yeah. needs to go to puppy class, and I need mm-hmm. to keep learning. So. Thank you so much for being such a great teacher. Oh, thank you. Thank you for hearing me out when I get on my tangents. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> we don't know what that's like, do we, Patty? No, nah. not at all. No. Not at all. <laughs> okay, thanks, Karen. Have a nice thanks, evening. Karen. You're so welcome. Thank you. Safe travels home. Okay, thanks. <laughs> all right. Bye. Hello. 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 Hello, humans. Heather and Patty and Jennifer Human. Hello. Hello. How are you, Hetty? Well, I had a long day, but I'm trying to be cheerful. It's been very rainy here. Oh, we hate to hear that. Well, my fur is all fluffy. (laughs) Does Hedwig the Pomeranian sometimes have bad hair days? Yes. Today is a bad hair day. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. Thank you for your sympathy. (laughs) And the paparazzi always come out when it's a bad hair day. Always. Oh my God, they're just following me. It's like, come (laughs) on, give it a rest. I just need to go to the barn. I do it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Patty has a very important question for you today, Hetty. And uh, she's going to ask that now. I do. And in between dodging the paparazzi. Um, Yeah. So you know that that Tigger is adding a puppy to her brood. And so... She's on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I have to agree with that. But but that's besides the point. So we thought it would be a good idea. Hetty, what are some good suggestions for uh, raising uh, good puppy training uh, tips from Hedwig's point of view? Well, you know, with my sainted little brother, I took over right away, right yes. away, because the right. human useless. And so the first thing to do is teach it who is boss. Okay. And I took over right away, explaining that my sister was top boss and I was middle boss. But if he, you know, messed up with me, it was curtains for him. <laughs> so he never really did mess up with my sister. So that worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um. Puppies need a lot of toys. That's certainly an important part of their daily existence. And they get bored with one toy. So 14 or 15 toys cycled through per week is a good 10. 14 mm-hmm. to 15. Lots okay, it's a good toys. number. Okay, I'm going to write well, that that's down. A, that's the number yeah. of shoes mm-hmm. I'm sure Tigger has in her closet. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave the shoes anywhere where the puppies can get them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Or helmets. 
my my sister Lucinda wants a helmet, a GPA that was about two days old, which got her in a heck of a lot of trouble. Let me tell you. Oh, I did. It did. Uh, yeah. So, so um, it, is, it, is it better then that if uh, when when Tigger brings a new puppy into her life, she should purchase one of those less expensive schooling type helmets for the puppy to chew on? <laughs> That's a good. One. She should buy a Troxel, <laughs> <laughs> a bike helmet of sorts. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, Australian shepherds you know, don't eat helmets. That's yeah, actually a good sure point. You may yeah, be sure tempting they fate there, Tigger. <laughs> yeah. Just because you don't have a helmet for them to eat doesn't mean they wouldn't eat it, Tig. Just get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, oh, and you had better pre- be prepared to sleep for approximately four hours a night because that's about how much sleep you'll be getting. Because there's the four, there's about two hours, then they they want to play more. And then they want to go out, then they fall asleep, then they want to go out, then they want to play more. And then they fall asleep, then they wake up and they want to get up now. Are you taking notes, Tig? <laughs> you know, yes and no. I, I've been remembering fondly this day um, in my travel travails of just what I'm, this is just the beginning. Yes. <laughs> It's sort it's of like this. Yeah, it's going to be a tough. Right there, you have it. Well, Hetty, thank you for laying it right on the line. <laughs> yeah, right on the line. <laughs> I knew that we would have the realism, which is only Hedwig, that would uh, hopefully help Tigger in this. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hetty. I don't die. <laughs> yeah, I no. hope you like caffeine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. We'll take. Well, there thanks, you have Hetty. it. Bye, guys. Thank Stay you for the sage advice. Yeah. Thanks, Hetty. Nothing. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. We are now at the Tigapedia section of the show, and I thought it would be a fantastic idea because of what Tiggy is doing currently is adding a new puppy to her brood. And I just wanted to know the best training treats for puppies. So, um, I, as you might imagine, um, I'm a little unconventional uh, oh. when it comes to treats. But I, I do, and Hedwig will appreciate this, I do introduce cheese early. Mm. Little bits of... And I, and I'm a snob, so it's Havarti or you know, it's a good cheese, <laughs> not of a crappy cheese. Yeah. Um, I know Karen uses hot dogs, but being a vegetarian and not being so thrilled with what's in hot dogs, that's not one of my favorites. But I do like Stewart's liver treats. Mm-hmm. You can get them on Amazon, and it's just pure dehydrated liver. Oh, good. Okay. And dogs generally always love liver. They love liver. And if your dog is really, really small, it's very easy to break off a tiny piece as a training treat. Um, I'm a big believer in clicker training with puppies, Mm -hmm. um, particularly with Australian shepherds, so that you immediately teach them to focus on you. Um, And I use the clicker to do that when they're about, oh, I don't know, three or four months old. Um, I introduce Biostar's liver treats, which have coconut meal in them and flax, so they're a little bit uh, more 
more whole food than just liver. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a little raw hamburger or bison. That always always goes over oh, great. Yeah. Um, I, I do not buy dog cookies. Um, I, I'm just I'm not a big fan of things that have a lot of junk in them. So right. I keep it really simple. And you know there'll be a, a point with this puppy that she'll get some pieces of carrots and uh, frozen string beans and um, in, have to inter- you know apple. You know, just so you can introduce some other, you know, other healthy foods. Okay. All right. That's and the, and these are all really um, good suggestions. And I, um, I've always been a big fan of doing the liver and um, whatnot. But um, do you ever have any trouble getting um, the you know the puppies to to eat liver? I mean, that's never. Kind of, yeah. Okay. And what they about smell cucumbers? it and they go crazy? I bet they do. I bet they do. Um, so, and so, and when you do the clicker training, when do you introduce that? Um, like this puppy is 10 weeks, t- 10 weeks tomorrow. And as soon as I get her home and out of Florida and the hurricane <laughs> tomorrow, right, we'll, yeah. we'll start t- clicker training. And the first thing I, that I teach is, you know, watch me focus. And I point right. to my eye, click when she looks at me and she gets a treat. Awesome. Trick, uh, clicker training is a pretty cool thing. It's it's really cool. Now I don't, you know, I don't tr- train everything that they do with a clicker, but I think yeah. it's a great way to start puppies. Yeah, it's a good bridge, especially yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. Well, that's all good um, advice. I think it would be great if the listeners have any good whole food or healthy um, dog treats or puppy treats. Um, yeah, to put it on. Pass our- it on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, on our Facebook page on Healthy Critters. So, wonderful. Good job. Thanks. And now we're at Critter Nutrition. And I actually enlisted the aid of my faithful Australian shepherd, Kimasabi, whose book will be coming out December 1. And he wanted to write about camelina oil. So, I am reading his blog and sharing it with you all. Oh, thanks. Kimasabi. He's such a giver. He is a giver. It was Buckaroo who discovered the wonders of camelina oil for canines. Like other important explorers in history, he came upon the discovery quite by accident, or should I say, because he followed his nose and his stomach. He was sniffing around the feed room, as he usually does when our human is in the stalls with the horses, hanging the feed buckets, giving more hay, checking water. It is the perfect time for a canine reconnoiter of the feed room. Did she leave a bulk container of Optimum EQ open? Did she forget to close the tummy's bag? What Buckaroo discovered with his keen nose was that the pump on the Camelina oil bottle was leaking. Being a canine who has never met a food item he didn't like, he took a lick and decided it was delicious. Because Buckaroo and I are best buddies, he stuck his head out of the feed room and telepathed his discovery to me. I sauntered into the room, casually of course, because the human would surely suspect something was up if I just ran in there. With his nose, Buckaroo pointed to the dripping bottle on the floor. I took a lick, then another, then another. Okay, my turn, Buckaroo said. I sniffed around the bottle and realized that if we didn't keep licking the camelina oil, it would land on the floor and what a mess that would be for our human. 
we were doing her a favor. At that point, the pest, a.k.a. Crockett, trotted into the feed room, saw what we were doing, and wanted to lick some too. When I told him to wait his turn, he started to bark. Seconds later, our human marches into the feed room and catches Buckaroo's tongue on the pump. The familiar phrase, leave it, was about to launch from her lips when all of a sudden she cocked her head and mumbled, hmm. Camelina oil is derived from the camelina plant, also known as false flax and German sesame. It has been cultivated in Europe for at least 3,000 years and was commonly used as lamp oil. After World War II, farmers were encouraged to grow more corn and eventually soy, and camelina fell out of use. Over 15 years ago, NASA took an interest in camelina oil as a possible biofuel. The nutritional research showed that camelina oil provides an ideal ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids, 2.2 to 1. Camelina also contains omega-9 fatty acids, which play an important role in the inflammation response, reduction of insulin resistance, and improved immune functions. Foods that typically contain omega-9 fatty acids include olive oil, avocados, almonds, peanuts, sesame oil, pecans, pistachio nuts, macadamia nuts, and cashews. One of the most unique features of camelina oil is that it is one of the richest plant sources of vitamin E, including alpha, beta, and gamma tocopherols. Salmon oils only provide alpha and gamma tocopherols, and flax oil provides some gamma tocopherols. Because camelina oil provides more of a complete complex of vitamin E tocopherols, it is a super nutritious oil to feed. Vitamin E for dogs is essential for muscles, the circulatory system, and healing from injury. It is necessary for the health of the skin, heart, and liver. Vitamin E is an important antioxidant that protects cells from free radical damage. Other benefits of camelina oil is that it's cold-pressed, not solvent-extracted, so as to maintain the integrity of the oil and the vitamin E it contains. Unlike flax oil, which is very unstable and goes rancid easily, camelina is extremely stable without refrigeration and can withstand temperatures of over 200 degrees. And dogs love the taste. When to feed camelina oil? It's important to add oil such as camelina and flax to the diet when you feed poultry, such as chicken, duck, or turkey, as these are very low in omega-3s. Even if you add a commercial kibble, even if you feed a commercial kibble, adding additional healthy oils supports a healthy coat, skin, and immune system. It's important to rotate the proteins you give your dog. If you feed bison for breakfast, add hemp oil. Because ruminant proteins, such as bison and cow, have plenty of omega-3s but are low in omega-6. If you feed chicken or turkey, add some camelina oil for its high omega-3s to balance the high omega-6 content of poultry. Thank you, Buckaroo. Because of his reconnaissance mission and his nose, the Aussie tribe now gets to have camelina oil on a regular basis. Unfortunately, our human replaced the leaky pump, so we can't grab a camelina snack in the feed room anymore. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. 
Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. time for coffee clatch i'm sitting here with uh, my not coffee coffee beverage and uh keeping in our all about puppies theme for this evening we are going to talk a little bit about uh tips for raising puppies and uh, we're going to inject a little bit of humor into it because the rest of the show has been so very serious mm. yeah so i thought I'd, I'd start us out with a a tip from my basket of puppy raising uh, experiences <laughs> Um, my tip is teach your puppy to bark at squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. going to do it anyway, and you might as well take the credit. Well, it's like you have to have the on and off switch, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Teach, so teach your puppy to bark at squirrels. All okay. right. Okay. Okay. Pat, Patty, you're up. I always teach my puppies to sit and wait for their food. So you know, they always make them like, you know, and I do it. So I teach them to sit and then I teach them to like sit and wait for the food. So I use the command sit. I don't say sit, stay. I say sit. And generally I do that with some of their food and it's pretty easy to get their attention at that point. Um, obviously depending on the breed, you can have ones that have been a little bit more wide open, but I always make them sit and wait for their food and that they're always incredibly, I, I, you know, I always have a lot of dogs and they're, fairly well manageable during feeding time because everybody has to sit and wait. Tigger, go. what do you have? <laughs> well, um, I have, you know, smart dogs and I learned that you don't refer to the cat as a bad cat. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because then the dogs start disciplining the bad cat. Oh no. And, um, not, they don't, you know, bite him or anything, but, um, I, I learned that a very hard lesson when I was referring to a cat as a bad cat and those dogs just sprung into action like, where we're going to get it. We're going to, we'll get around him up for you. And I went, okay, this oh, is okay. not a great Whoopsie. idea. Whoops. So I take bad cat is no longer in the Lexion. Yes, that's out. Yeah, that's out. <laughs> that's totally out. And of course, puppies will do what the adults do. So yep, you're just teaching your puppet. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Jennifer? My next one is this is a holiday <laughs> tip. <laughs> no During, brandy. Yeah. No eggnog. No eggnog. Yeah. During the holiday season. Be sure to rely on raw bones for your puppies mm -hmm. to chew on because mm -hmm. it will discourage your irritating, see them once a year, non-pet friendly family <laughs> from visiting. Very good. They, they see those big old raw knuckle bones sitting on the living room floor. Mm -hmm. They're out of there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Well, and I have to say, because that was my next thing that I was going to say, is that I always go and get raw bones when I have company over. And I do, you know, I put them all in their crates with the bones because it keeps them very nice and quiet. 
and they're very well behaved and they love going in their crates when they have these nice bones to themselves. So similar thing, but for different reasons, but I guess I could use it with the family. Good thinking. Now I know if I come to visit Patty and her dogs are outside the crate with their raw bones. Now I know. Yeah. If they're inside the crate, I'm welcome. If they're outside the crate. Yes. It's kind of like the pineapple thing in the old plantation days, you know, there we go. How about you, Tig? Well, um, this, this is on, on a more serious note. Um, no choke collars on puppies. Mm. Bad idea. Um, yeah. I don't even like them on dogs, but, um, you know, dogs that are being shown are on um, those slip choke leads uh, when, in the show ring. But um, I'm really anti-choke um, collars in, in general. Mm. Um, and definitely not for puppies. And I think these new, har- you know, these harnesses are for a lot of puppy breeds really a way better way to go than putting a collar on their neck when they're young. And then you know they run off and they they jerk against that collar around their neck. And um, I think those uh, um, uh, oh, sugar. Um, my brain is just wet. It just, just left. It just, the harnesses are yeah, harness. w- way, way better for, for puppies. And there's so and, many different types now too. Yeah. And padded and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is I really am against retractable leashes. Oh, that plays into my next tip. Okay. Oh, you I take it from to... here. That okay. plays into my next tip. In my opinion, an excellent tip for folks with new puppies is invest in several of them, preferably in bright colors. Are you talking about regular leashes? No, I'm talking about retractable leashes. So that when you're irritating um, one digit in their age group, nieces and nephews come to visit because you've got a new (laughs) puppy, you can give them those retractable leashes and send them into the backyard to play with them and give your puppy some peace and quiet. (laughs) Oh, that was good. Okay. Yeah. Well done. Because that's what yeah. they're good for. Well, can we explain why we don't like retractable leashes? All it does is teach the puppy to pull on the leash. Pull. Yeah. <laughs> and it also can be very damaging if you have a child walking a dog yeah. and they go to grab it and retract it. They can be, yeah. I haven't bought retractable leashes in years. They're just a bad yeah. idea. I, I've around. never owned one. Yeah. But my biggest objection is when I'm, when I have a dog on a leash, it's to me, it's like a rain. Mm. You know, and I want to be communicating with that dog with the leash. Well, with a retractable leash, you've got this big plastic honking thing. There's no connection to the dog at all. No. So um, leashes are way, way better. And I don't like nylon ones personally because they remind me of getting my hands burned with a nylon rope. Um, So I'm I'm personally all about leather. Um, But... Uh, avoid retractable leashes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, if you're going to do, I think we all agree on that one. How about you? Patty? Uh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. What I was going to say though, if someone does have a nylon leash, the one thing that you can do, this is a tip that just came into my head is you can tie a knot in it so that you have the knot. So it doesn't hurt your hand, you know, you take it and just, cause I have a couple um, leashes there. I don't think they're, they may be cotton or nylon, but they're, they're, uh, they're, um, I, and I've had a couple of puppies and I just tied a knot so it wouldn't slip through my hand, you know, so you can hold on it to that way. That's something just to think about with the 
those leashes because not everybody can go out and find a leather leash. And if you, you know, have some, you can always tie a knot and make it easier. Do you remember those like plastic ones we used to have years ago? They were like white and they'd be like have threads of blue through them. Do you remember those? You would get no. them sometimes. Oh, I know if I found one, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought of those in years. Oh, but they the were truly. That were like a, they were like a nylon plasticky rope kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yes, oh, I yes, those. I do. Yeah. They were horrible. <laughs> yes. It's horrible. like, yeah, you'd get so excited because you have your new dog and you'd have your new plastic leash and then it would rip out of your hands. And you'd be like, crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There we go. Um, so the other last tip that I have is when traveling with your new puppy, um, especially, you know, I always take my dogs to the barn and stuff with me is you absolutely positively have to have them crated in something that is secure in the back of your car. Um, don't drive with them on your lap. Um, because it's just unsafe. You know, the dog can, you know, crawl up and get into your face, but I always keep my dogs in a crate in a nice crate, nice and comfortable where they can see me, where the air is on them, but the, the crate is, is fixed somehow. Cause a lot of these crates, you can run your seatbelts through them and, and, and attach them, but so they can't go flying all over the car if you have to hit the brakes really quickly. There's nothing more, there's nothing better than, um, instead of having a golden retriever land on the back of your head when you <laughs> slam on the brakes, even better than that is a golden mm. retriever in a crate landing on the back of your head. When Absolutely. You have to slam on the or, or I'm just going to point out a French bulldog because they're smaller, but yet way about the same as a same golden projectile. retriever. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So. Well, folks, we would love to hear your puppy raising tips mm-hmm. on the Facebook page, which is Patty. What's the Facebook page? Healthy Critters Radio. Radio. There you go. She says with such confidence. <laughs> I did. Healthy I did. Critters Radio. Head over there on Facebook. Like it. Follow it. Join the fun. And we'd love to hear about your puppy training stories, puppy raising tips with humor involved and uh, do all that sort of thing. Always. And I will keep you updated on the adventures of the new puppy. Yeah, we want adventures. We want to see pictures on the Facebook page, please. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 